Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? What's your favorite scary movie? What's the prime time, bitch? Oh, scary. Why haven't you checked the children? Good evening, Slasher fans. You're here with kind of a bonus episode of Slasher City of Horror Podcast. I am talking with one of my very good friends, uh, Catherine Kincannon. Um, We're going to be talking about bad horror movies tonight. Um, How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Right before the the show, we were talking about how a friend of ours is, um, her sister's like sending letters to Betty Broderick in prison. Yes, I want to send letters to Betty Broderick in prison. Can you imagine getting a letter from? Actually, no, I can't even picture who the the real Betty Broderick. I just picture um, I just picture um, what's her name as Betty Broderick. So I want to get oh, letters from Meredith her. Baxter. Yes, as Betty Broderick. <laughs> well, I remember way back in the day, um, they did like this skit thing on SNL, and I've been looking for it ever since then. Because it's like they, they did like this skit on SNL that was like about like the, um, it was like this stupid show that Lifetime would do that was like, oh, I married a gay man. <laughs> and then at the very end, yes. they did like the promo for like upcoming Lifetime shows, and it was like the. Um, <laughs> Like, coming up next, we have three hours of designing women, followed by the Meredith Baxter Bernie-a-thon. <laughs> was, it the, was, it the, was it the Saturday Night Live skit about, how 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 long ago was it? How old how old is that? Um, probably, that like, late 90s, mid-90s. Was it the one? Um, was it the one with the guy who was like, "But I'm not gay." Was it that one? Because that was a that was yeah. Christina Applegate was on that episode. <laughs> that was a that was a great that was a yeah. Great one. It was like the like they did the moments like the like like the um yeah, I think that Molly Shannon was on that one because it was like the oh. her mom kept trying to tell her that her husband was gay. <laughs> Okay, no, that was, sex, I didn't see that one. sex with men. <laughs> and she's like, and I didn't get it. <laughs> but it turns out he was a homosexual and I had a learning disability. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they really didn't spare anything back in those early uh, Saturday Night Live, ep- early 90s Saturday Night Live episodes. I missed those. No, they didn't. <laughs> I'm telling you, he had one hand on the maypole. <laughs> Anything, anything went with those. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this week we're going to be talking about really bad horror movies, but not so much just bad horror movies in general. We're going to be talking about really enjoyably bad ones. One that just, for whatever. What was that? Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I was well, yeah. Say, I did um. Yeah, I mean movies that are, you know, they're entertaining for some of these that we're going to be talking about for all of the wrong reasons. Um, <laughs> so I guess like, I will ask you a question first, Catherine. Um, all right. What do you think makes 
a good bad movie special? Oh boy. Um well, you know, <laughs> it can't it can't be boring because it's I mean there there can be parts that are boring of course because you got to expect that with any, you know, poorly made movie, but when it's really really badly made, sometimes it's so badly made that just the whole thing is just incredibly entertaining because of just like you said for for all for all the wrong reasons it's good you know there's all there's all mm-hmm. those aspects of the just the film quality sometimes the music a lot of times really helps make you know um just the the acting oh the acting <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's important yeah um i agree <laughs> so. with all of that if i were going to add something to that list um i think that a good bad horror movie has to be sincere any yes. movie that knows that it's a bad movie, it's usually very obnoxious and very over the top. And just, mm-hmm. you know, you can't purposefully go out and make a bad movie. It just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. These right. were kind of movies that either had a really good idea or, you know, they had some knowledge behind them somewhere <laughs> that so, just completely uh, went awry. Right, a, a writer, director, producer, every some someone who was so punched it so hard for this movie, you know, just like just like just gave everything into this movie, you know, and it's just this amazingly awful movie. Those are the real treasures, you know. This person is just like, you know, I just put so much into this movie, you know. Those those are the those especially like the the independent um, ones like that are really fun really fun and you love them and they're and they're just so endearing you know they're you know it's not like oh god this movie's so awful it's just you know whatever and you're just like you know you like stick your nose up at it or something it's just like i love this movie because it is it's just got so much heart and so much passion you know it's like (laughs) and it's just bad you know i don't know this is yeah and i think you make a good point too with you know a bad horror movie you know the biggest crime that a horror movie can make, or any movie in general, really, is just being boring. Like, there's nothing that's exciting about that. There's nothing entertaining about that. Um, So, yeah, I guess we can jump right into our list. Um, Is there one movie first that you would like to talk about? (laughs) Well, um, I don't know. I might have one on my list that might match one. Because we only did three because um, we – I am – planning probably on talking a lot and so a lot of times I notice that it's hard to fit in five and a half an hour but um for each person but um anyway my the first one that I wanted to talk about was was one that I was introduced to a couple years ago and I think I watched it about four times right away because it was just so fun and so funny and bad um New Year's Evil um that one is kind of one that. Uh, it was in 1980. It was made. Um, it was an. It was actually an independent slasher. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave it 1.5 stars out of four, um, and you know he actually had some nice things to say about it. Um, <laughs> he's he was just kind of coming out of this um, depressing thing for him to see in horror because. Um, he was seeing a lot of mean-spirited late 70s anti-female horror movies that just really kind of disgusted him. 
Um, actually, he mentioned Mother's Day. He used that as an example. <laughs> he just, like, the depraved disgustingness, you know, of these anti-female movies, I think, was his was the way he, that he put it some um, in... Um, to some effect, but, um, so, so New Year's Evil, um, he said that, he brought up a really good point about New Year's Evil, and it's just this stupid, he said the plot is stupid, the ending is something that's been done a thousand times before, but it's just kind of nice to see this, like, traditional kind of dumb movie that doesn't have, you know, (laughs) that doesn't take itself too seriously and doesn't, you know, is not trying to shock and dismay and horrify, you know, just kind of just whatever. So, I, um, um, the the whole the whole plot is this lady who goes on this show, and it's a New Year's Eve party with this, and it's supposed to represent like this punk movement or something that was going on at the time and Roger Ebert made fun of that in his review too he's like you know um no it's it's everything that they were going against actually so it was like to to use that you know as uh, that they're voting for the most popular song you know it's like no (laughs) yeah too like we make the whole like calling in for like the most popular song like first of all like how would you even be able to get through to anyone because there'd be thousands of people calling and like this guy who like warns them like gets through like every single time and it's just like hey i want to talk to her and they're like oh here she is like she doesn't have a short view or anything there you go right and uh um my favorite one of my favorite parts in that movie is it just it just references the stupidity of i mean of the idea of the whole thing you know um the call-in thing was you know that claire that calls in this is claire (laughs) (laughs) oh man i don't know my vote goes to how does how what does she say my vote um, goes to we don't need no education or whatever she says (laughs) and then too like when he's like he's like i'm evil and she's like oh you bad honey Like he's in the he's in this like phone booth and he's really mysterious and his face is kind of shrouded and he has that ridiculous instrument that he talks through. I could never figure that out. But anyway, um, that distorts his voice, you know. And he's going, "Hello, what's her what's what's her, what's her name? Hello, I forgot what her name is. The the oh, the, I can't I can't remember what her name was either. Like ah, anyway, and he's like, um. <laughs> Uh, when, well, anyway, it's, it's supposed to, he's supposed to look really mysterious, like 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 he, his identity, you know, um, is not going to be revealed through the whole film. But then they like show him very plainly. He becomes almost exasperated with his, you know, like like when he's in the car with those two really annoying ladies. It's almost it's almost comedic, you know. He's almost it's almost a comedic moment, you know, where he's becoming really annoyed with these with these ladies, you know, and he's going to kill them and. You know, like this bitch. Like I'm gonna kill this bitch, and you know, but he does kill her. But anyway, <laughs> and then he's got a whole bag of cocaine in his car. Oh yes, yeah. She gets suffocated with a bag of cocaine. <laughs> she aspirates on this enormous bag of cocaine. Apparently, that would be a great death. I guess I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. He randomly goes to the hospital and is, like, talking to, like, the nurse. It's like, oh, hey, like, I'm the new doctor on duty. You want to have some champagne? (laughs) 
well, we could sure use you. And then, and then, and then it's like, like they're really busy and they have all this work to do, but then like they go and like party and like have sex like right away. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know, yeah, whatever. I mean, like countdown because he wants to kill a different person every hour on the hour for New Year's. It's never really explained why. I mean, it's an interesting plot motive, but it doesn't have anything to do with this whole thing. And what's, what I think is very interesting about this film is the fact that Roger Ebert didn't come right on planet because kind of what he was against was kind of like this violence towards women and this kind of like subculture of movies. Like, this movie is very much one of those. I mean, the only victims are females. When you find out the the reason behind the killings, it's very misogynistic. Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I I agree too. That's why that guy, that kind of surprised me too. Like, why he was saying, you know, um, I guess I guess he didn't really come right out and say that this movie wasn't that. But he was just saying, you know, it was kind of a refreshing um, thing from the really, really, uh, you know, the seriously um, sadistic, uh, depraved, sort of, whatever, you know, violence that was... Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, although this movie's dumb, it doesn't include any torture or anything like that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, that's a really good pick, though. I I love that movie with all of my heart, yeah. and I try to watch it every New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's a good one. It's the music is is hilarious, and it's just great. Yeah, so. Um, um, so moving on to another so one on uh, one on my list. Uh, this is one that me and you have recent. Well, not so much recently. I guess the last time I saw you here, which was quite a while ago, but. Um, the movie that I'm going to be talking about is a little gem from the late 80s called Flesh Eating Mothers. <laughs> now, this movie... <laughs> I, okay. You know what? With this movie, <laughs> I don't even really know what they were going for. Because the performances are just... There's there's two kinds of performances in this movie. There's the way over the top one, and then there's like the overly subtle dry one. And you got like this little little tiny doctor who like shouts every line. It's like, well, what do you mean about this? Um, they all connect with this guy who lives on their block, and he's got this STD. And when they get the STD from this guy, they become flesh eating mothers. I mean, you got. It's just so weird. I mean, you have killing of kids, you know, he gets a baby out of the crib and um like the little boy oh comes home yes. from um Little League and like like the other kid comes home and like she's just like chewing on his arm which still has like the the baseball glove on it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I I love too that it's like when you find out how this all happened, you know, and it all stems back to this guy and you're like this guy really you know it's, it's ridiculous it really is that yeah, was a like really the, the doctor's fun got like movie. this really like hot blonde nurse that's like right out of an 80s like porno that's like here's the files that you requested sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> that mo- oh, i really enjoyed that one that one was just i mean and one of my one of my friends, I found out like well, we had been laughing about this movie for like a year at this point, and he's sitting in my living room. And he's like, we were having this very <laughs> serious discussion about you know like what really 
what we remember really first, like as a child, like our first really fearful experience. And his was, and I laughed and I felt so bad for laughing because he's like flesh eating mothers and he was dead serious. He's like, that movie scared the fuck out of me. And I, was, I just, I was like, no way, you have got to be kidding me. I think that movie is hilarious. And he just stared at me with this blank look at his, on his face. I'm sorry, can I, can yeah, I, can really I swear? funny how that works because. Um, my younger brother, Jesse, there was only two movies that scared him as a kid, and they're both horror comedies. Um, the one is Return of Living Dead 2, um, where there was a one scene where there's, like, it's just this head laying on the ground and stabs it with, the guy stabs it with a screwdriver and, like, in, like, a really bad southern accent. Like, that's like, get the damn screwdriver out of my head. <laughs> you know, that was, like, so scary. <laughs> Everyone was right. um, oh, I love that movie so much. Oh, um, I'm going to hang on just a second. Yep, go ahead, go ahead, okay, Kevin. Um, did you? Um, so this. Oh, I'm going to relocate here. Um. So the so the next one that I was thinking of was. One that I really look fondly upon because this was when we, you and I first started to get to be friends, and I was like visiting you, and you were, you know, visiting me when you would come to town, and um, you were really introducing me to that bad horror, you know, um, <laughs> fun, you know, and so um, one of them, one of my favorite ones that I'll never forget and I'll always love, hold dear to my heart, is Last Slumber Party. That one is so, and the 27 (laughs) dream sequences they have at the end where you're just like, what is going on? You know, what, why, why are they doing this? Like, I wonder what inspired them to do all of, I mean, how many were there? Like four, five? Like her friend called, she's like, you'll never believe what happened. I had a dream within a dream within another dream. (laughs) <laughs> that was something that that Gene Siskel talked about, you know, the dream sequence. <laughs> you know, it's a bad movie when there's a dream. And that's not necessarily true, but I mean, you know, it's it's just so, it was, especially when you have five of them right in a row, you know. So, <laughs> um, something, yeah, one mean, of my favorite. That's what? the funny thing about Last Summer Party, is it? It makes sense whatsoever. I mean, you have this one scene where a guy is like climbing up a ladder, and then like, um, like the guy gets his throat slit, and then like the killer's inside, and then you look outside, and the killer's out there. None of it makes any sense. You have this girl who's our lead, who's got like a black eye throughout the whole movie, and she's really a bitch, and there's lots of like. Like homosexual slurs, like she calls her boyfriend, you know, faggots and queers, and like it. Yeah, homo. And there's one about- too where like she goes in the bathroom, and there's two phones in the bathroom, and she's yeah. like, "What's up with the mob, Aljo?" Oh, <laughs> yes, like random little, just just those those little things that you're just kind of like wow, what? Like, I don't know, just, okay, that just adds to the to the weirdly dumb, the weird 
dumbness of this movie. You know, like it was it was weirdly dumb. You know, it was like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and, the whole... I love her line delivery. Um, like she's like, "Oh, that was your dad on the phone. He must think I'm an asshole." <laughs> You scared the shit out of me. <laughs> God, I love that movie so much. My favorite, one of my favorite. I think we watched it like four times. We like backed it up and watched it and backed it up and watched it. And I have oh, never, so I really, <laughs> I have never laughed so hard in my life when the 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 body. Okay, there's a scene in the movie. Like it's one of the first killings, I think. And and it's and the body like she leaves the she's like oh like looking for her boyfriend or whatever and and he's not there and then his body like she leaves the room and and it would have been kind of it was kind of good like the way that like I mean not good at all I wouldn't say that but I mean it's kind of interesting like how so this body drops from the ceiling of the closet but there's this cat in the closet at the time like the <laughs> this family cat that they put in the movie and it scares it scares this cat and this cat jumps and like runs away and for some reason that made me laugh so hard like i just we, we watched i we backed it, you too we backed it up like four times and watched that it was hilarious oh god yeah it's it's amazing it's so good um <laughs> moving on to another one on my list um i i try to keep my list to movies that me and you have watched together so we could both talk about them um this one's actually bigger budget this one had a 10 million dollar budget it went to theaters Another one that's just going to panned the hell out of it. I actually think it's pretty enjoyable, and that's a really bad sequel. And that really bad sequel is Poltergeist Three. Yes, a very interesting <laughs> movie indeed. And what I always remember with watching this with you is like for whatever reason when I put on my Blu-ray, like it was already out of spot, and it was like the the doctor who looks strangely like Gene Siskel. <laughs> He's like, let's just talk in the hall. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just imagined that this neighborhood, like, that all this stuff happened, and she, like, used her powers to make them all believe that there was, like, this ancient spirit. So dumb. <laughs> but what's really interesting about Poltergeist 3 is that the plot is really stupid, the acting's very hit or miss, but there's something legitimately good about this film, and that's the cinematography and the visual effects. All of these are done with all practical, practical optical effects. So they're all on camera. And almost all of the scenes, uh, starting about a third of the way through, um, all of the scares and everything have to do with mirrors or reflections. And the way yes. that this stuff is done is quite good. Like, not even like it's a, so bad it's mm-hmm. good. Like, it holds up really well. <laughs> right, right. The, like you said, um, the cinematography and the the filming. How do you think? How difficult? I mean, because obviously you've seen a lot of movies made. So how how difficult would you say that that kind of filming and 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 the, with the mirrors and the reflections and how difficult would that be? I mean, I can't imagine how oh, long that it would, would take. It's impossible if, because you would right. have to film one side and you'd have to film the other and you'd have to optically put the two sides together to make that image. And that movie was like... Literally, if there was a frame that was off, you'd be able to tell that that's a reflection. And how long was that movie? That was a long movie. And it had a lot of scenes like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I it's like close to, I mean, it's an hour and 40 minutes. 
Oh, no, see, I thought for some reason, I don't know, maybe it was because it seemed like it was. It seems like it was like three hours long. But <laughs> I don't care, <laughs> That's why it seemed like it was so long, because they said that name about 450 times. How many times did they say that movie? Um, did they say that name, actually? Um, I believe it's like 118. 118. <laughs> I would like... And it's really funny. If you guys okay. ever have a chance, play the, pol- the Poltergeist Three drinking game. So take a drink every time that someone says Carol Ann. What's really funny, I always get people with this movie. Because the first half an hour, it's like once every three or four minutes. And then starting with the half an hour point, they start to pick up. And then you have this like ancient fog that's like following her through the halls, like Carol Ann, Carol Ann, Carol Ann. And then Laura Flynn Boyle's in this movie. It's her first film. And she comes out from this um, semi-conscious whatever, but it's not really her. And she's like, where's Carol Ann? Where's Carol Ann? <laughs> and then when they're and looking actually, for her... There's, and, there's like and, a couple of really creepy scenes in this movie. Um, yes. So the couple of things that I kind of want to bring out is that there's one scene in, a, in an abandoned parking garage where hands come out of a puddle and grab her legs. I actually think that's pretty scary. Um, there's another scene, too, where she's kind of... There, there's a really well-staged scene where she's alone in her room and she can hear a voice. And she just looks from, like, window to window to window. And then she goes to get help and, it like, like hands come out of the mirror and, like, push her up. And it's really well done. And, yeah. you know, there's some stuff about that. And then, two, the other scene that I kind of want to bring up, and granted, this is very spoiler-heavy, you know, sorry if you haven't seen it. I imagine, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably aren't going to see it. But when the characters of Scott and Donna come back, you find out quite early on that it's not really them, that it's just, you know, the spirit – and there's this scene where he he goes up to her and like just like touches her face and just like rips off a chunk of her face and her face is just kind of hanging there. She's like yeah. she they thought I was her and then they just walk away and as they walk away, their actual bodies disappear and you can only see them in the mirror. Yeah, that it's. I do believe that I did think that there were some genuinely impressive, impressive moments in that movie. That, you know, even though it, it was it was a bad movie, but it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't bad in the traditional sense of bad. You know what I mean? Like it was very. Well, you didn't have a chance bad. to talk about <laughs> Yeah, oh. outside in. <laughs> That's my favorite. She's like porn tea. And then he's just like, my God, you found her. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm just like, and I've seen her on a flight. And she, for some reason, doesn't want to call the family, doesn't think that that's important at all. She decides to call this doctor, which I don't even know how she would know about this doctor. Right. What do you think about this? And she's like talking to her. Um, as she's talking to him, He's like, Carol Ann, is this you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's um, I was that was you know what you know because she was so amazingly ridiculous in the first Poltergeist as well. So um, was was that outside end quote from the first Poltergeist or the, or the third? I can't remember even. No, that's from the third one. The first one is. I thought so. Step back to jam in my frequency. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
Oh, um, he's found her. That that was the tea scene. That was the tea. That was the tea scene. Enjoy your tea. I gotta go. <laughs> um, so you made her thought about him. You made her remember him. <laughs> you brought oh, him God here. Oh, her soul. <laughs> um, so, so Kevin, now it is. You have to. You have to tell. You have to tell the story about you meeting her. Then, because it's only. It's only proper. There's this funny story with all where um, it was a horror convention, and she was awful. And I decided, I, I'm not really sure what she was up to or what was going on. And I just go up to her, and I said, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I love Poltergeist 3. It's my favorite series. Like, it's just one of my favorite horror movies. And she just looked at me, and she just kind of gave off a shrug. And she's like, well, I've done other things, you know. And she walked away. <laughs> and walks away. That is great. What a great memory. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah, and I love to, like, uh, if you guys ever have a chance to watch it, um, her, her last thing that she did was, like, this Best Buy commercial that was, like, like she had people, like, God, what was it, like, they had, like, this contest. It's like, oh, like, here, like, your oldest technology. <laughs> like, I I'm playing, there's nothing on TV. <laughs> You can win a home theater makeover with Geek Squad installation. Oh my God! Amazing, yeah. She was she was quite she was quite the quite the lady. Apparently, no, wow. It's, it's great. There's actually an interview with her um, somewhere online. If, if you look up Felder Rubenstein interview, um, I'm sure it'll pop up. It's one of the first ones. Oh. Um, but she's a who? She's like talking here. She's like. Um, like I, I forgot what all the interview was. So she, she kept flirting with the guy who was like interviewing her, and she's like, "Oh, don't worry, honey. I I already have a boyfriend who's significantly younger." Oh my god! <laughs> she's she's my hero. How, how how tall was she? And I'm not saying anything about about being you know so short. Like she like she was ridiculously, but she was just so cute. She was just such a cute little lady. Yeah, I think she was something like four eleven. Oh, I don't know, but she was a she was a cutie. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's another one on your list, I guess. Um, yeah, we still have time to do one more each. Oh, good. See, I knew three would be a good number. Um, okay, so this one. Um, is really important to me because the original movie of this one yeah, that this was made, this was a remake of, um, is one of my absolute like it's in my top ten, possibly even top five. I mean, it's just it's a bizarre, crazy, creepy, weird movie. Um, the Wicker Man, um, 1973. You know, um, but here we have 2006 Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage. I I. I, to me, and I don't. I would like to hear other people's opinions on this. That I feel that it was one of the most entertainingly bad horror movies of um, the 21st century. <laughs> I mean, I really do not believe that this movie was trying to be bad. I mean, it was. It was just perfect. It was. This, I mean, I think Nicolas Cage was taking himself way too seriously, which made it wonderful. I mean, just you know, I don't. He's such. I am never going to say that Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. 
I just think that he gets in some roles where he is, he just floors it, like he floors it to the max. And it is so entertaining when he does this because he is just absolutely delightful. So, um, but everybody in this movie is the whole, the, just, it's just stupid the way they try and change some of the, you know, um, some of the traditional things about the um, original, you know, like at the end, for example, um, you know, at the end of the original Wicker Man, they're taking him, you know, and he's praying and he's shouting out, you know, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus Christ and the blah, blah, blah. And, he's, and you know, it's really a terrifying, I think that movie is is just so terrifying at the end, you know, and he, he, he is the fool, you know, he's the fool. He has no idea. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh my God! You know what I mean? It just—it terrifies. It just gives me that chill. It chills, you know. And he's like screaming. He's freaking out, and he's singing in that burning wicker man, and he's singing that hymn, and it's the creep—one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Now, at <laughs> at the end of of this with Nicolas Cage, you know, he, they change it to him going, you know, modernizing it. You know, I don't believe in God. I don't believe, and he's just flailing all over and flapping around, you know, and it's just, it's just like, there's this one situation, there's this one situation in this, in this, where they, they changed it in the Wicker Man a little bit in the remake, uh, 2006, where they worship like the, these bees or something, you know, and that's like this part because that's just represents their whatever. And there's this part where he's in this bar and he's doing this investigation, whatever. And there's this bar, bar, bar keep lady. That was weird too. Anyway, she's standing behind the bar and, and you know she he's she's given him an attitude and then he gives her an attitude and then there's this bee that's like crawling on the counter and he slams it down with his fist or a cup or something and she's like now why would you go and do that and he said i'm allergic <laughs> you know i i mean no that is just it. <laughs> And that was like, like you could tell he was just supposed to be like so cool, like such a cool like one-liner comeback, you know. And it was just the funniest, stupidest thing ever. Is I love that movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Well, what I think movies. is really funny about this movie is that the writer and director of this, he's made um, some of the smartest, <laughs> dark, oh, and really? I mean dark indie comedies. Um, he did your friends and neighbors. He did the Shape of Things. You know, this could be the one movie that is... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, um, the argument for this movie, and there's some some merit behind this, and it'd be interesting (laughs) to rewatch it thinking of this. There are many people that think that he intended this very much to be a dark comedy, and it's just kind of his cynical take on what Hollywood... Interesting, because now that you mention that... I I can actually I I will you know I think I, I think I will watch that again because I was so shocked at because I've seen Nicolas Cage in these in these roles I'm Conair come on you know what I mean this and and so perhaps it was because of that that I saw this movie as you know taking itself seriously maybe this is the perfect. Um, Maybe this is the perfect, you know, <laughs> trying to be funny, um, <laughs> whatever, but not taking itself seriously movie that you were talking about in the beginning. Like when when they're trying to make it look like it's, you know, 
um, bad, then it's just it's not funny. It's maybe this actually he create he created the perfect you know movie like that that you're talking about. So that that's pretty yeah, interesting. I mean, it'd actually. be really interesting to kind of take a look at that. Um, yeah, one of his absolute favorite films, and if you guys haven't seen it. I apologize because I'm going to have to give away the ending just to tell you how like brilliant this movie is. But it's called The Hope of Things. So if you haven't seen it, just turn turn it off now. Or you know, if you you can listen to it if you want. It's going to give away the ending, but the movie's still very much worth checking out. It's got um, Paul Rudd in it, and it's got Rachel Weisz, and she plays an art student. And he's working at this exhibit, and he's kind of a geek, and he's a loner, and he's only got a couple of friends, and she. She dates him. She has him, like, pretty much break up all contact with his friends, pretty much accept his stuff to get a, to get a makeover, and pretty yeah, much just kind of redo himself. And what you find out in the end of this movie is that the art project was him, and she was doing an art experience on just how much a woman can change about a man. And it's so dry and it's so cynical. And just from writing and making that movie, I refuse to believe that there isn't some grain of the Wicker Man that's sat that isn't satire. I, you know what? And I, I, I stand corrected then because I really do believe that I can definitely see that angle, and I'm appreciative of it. And I hope that that is what they were doing because it is just. I mean, because really, though, it, the thing is, I don't know, though, because if you really watch, if you really, I couldn't believe it when I was watching this movie. I know, I know that there had to have been some of it where they, I, well, I don't know, the bees, the bees, remember the bees? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have really gone crazy with that on YouTube, the, the whole remix of the bees thing, but, um. No, not the bees, you know, the <laughs> that is really funny, actually. Um, yeah, great. And maybe, I don't know, Nicholas Cage, you know, I've seen him in some roles where I'm like, that's pretty ingenious, actually. He's a really, he can be a really, like, ingenious actor. You know, I, I really believe that he is, you know, but I think Con Air really was <laughs> kind of, um, did, did him an injustice really as an actor because no one can take him seriously after that. I mean, I, I feel, I thought Bad Lieutenant was, I thought he was amazing in that movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but it was a great movie. Yeah, I mean, he's great in that. He's also phenomenal in the movie he won an Oscar for, Leaving Las Vegas, which is, if oh, you haven't seen yes. that, it's, it's pretty much the opposite of everything that you could expect from Nicolas Cage. It's a very <laughs> quiet, very subtle, very... It's a great, like, you know, if you don't want a depressing movie, this is not the movie for you because it's literally about a man drinking himself to death. I've never seen kind of alcoholism portrayed as well as this, as it is in this film, but um, he's phenomenal in it and it's so good. And, you know, now he's kind of become a parody of himself, which I don't know. It's kind of good and bad. I mean, it's. I guess, you know, I think that he's self-aware enough to know um, what he's doing. So, I mean, if he's still getting paychecks, you know, and he's, you know, you can never say that he's half-assing a role because he kind of gives it a hell every time. Sure. I, you know, after seeing, you know, the Wicker Man, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really, boy, you know, I, I think 
if this, if like as you, these a lot of people that have that theory about the Wicker Man, if that is true, I mean, I almost feel stupid because when I watch that movie, I'm like, this is just bad. This is so bad. It's so bad, and Nicolas Cage just makes an idiot out of himself. And you know, and I think, what if? What if? Because that would be the, that would be like you said in the beginning of the show, a perfect example of that movie that is, um, like a like um. I'm sorry, like a satire of that kind of movie. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty. That's kind of that's that's pretty. You know, that's that's a couple. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty dimensional. It's pretty dimensional in that in that facet of film. Mm-hmm. The first couple of films are so unbelievably cynical. Um, one of my favorite kind of indie comedy dramas is a little movie called Your Friends and Neighbors, which is one of his first movies. And there's a scene when um, all these friends are kind of sitting around, and they're talking about the books they've ever had. And they ask this one guy, and he says, me. And they're like, well, what do you mean by me? And he just pauses for a second, and he says, who gives me more pleasure than I give myself? <sighs> And it's lines like that that I'm like, if he could write a line like that that's so unbelievably true and he just loves dealing with cocky, arrogant people, there's got to be something behind that movie. I don't know I don't know exactly what it is. There's got to be something. <laughs> but when you see, I mean, some of, oh, I don't know. I, I, You know what? We should, we should, I should come back in a couple weeks and we'll just do a show just on that. We should do a show just on The Wicker Man and the remake and then we'll just talk about it because, you know, the, that'd be the, perfect the original. I own both of them, so that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my God, awesome. I just want to give a quick shout out to my last movie on the list. Um, we're running into the archive, so oh, um, actually, if you guys were listening live. I um, totally forgot, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. Um, so if you guys were listening live, you actually have already been cut off, but we still have like three more minutes left. And I'm okay. to give you a another one that me and you have watched together. It's kind of flashery. <laughs> I definitely love it more than you do, but um, I know that you got some enjoyment out of that, and that's um, the recent uh, movie Nurse. Oh, jeez. Oh, that is a definite <laughs> bad one. I would, yes, a definite entertaining bad about this movie. movie is we have this lead actress who, to this date, I've seen this movie at least a dozen times, and I don't know if she's given one of the best performances I've ever seen or one of the worst. Because <laughs> she plays it so dry. Her, her delivery of these lines that are so nonsensical. It's like, I called him from your phone as you. <laughs> She is like, oh, as I watched that, you know, tight little ass of hers that I finger fucked last night. So trashy to the point where it's really interesting because it's so unbelievably trashy. But at the same time, if we're talking about good, bad movies, this movie is so unbelievably stylish. Just the shots, the setup, the camera work. It's a beautiful movie. It's it's one of actually the few horror movies that I've seen that actually makes really good use of a hospital location. There's an incomplete last act that is literally just her killing people in this hospital, going from room to room, kind of like working out IV. How, how, and like how available is that? How available is it to do that? That's I, I crazy. I just and and there is a super super bloody gory scene where like it's like kind of like an old fashioned like city hospital infirmary and she's and it's just like 
it just gets so messy and bloody and that is a memorable movie. That is something to be said. I hated that movie, but it is something to be said for that movie. It is a very memorable movie. I don't. I didn't forget it. That's that part. Where, and when she, yeah, I, how, like, I love it's a piece, and I love her. She's in this new movie called The Editor. She pretty much gives the exact same performance. So if you liked her in that one, definitely check her out in the edit. I just. I'm so. We were. I was actually talking with a friend of mine, and we were talking about her kind of as an actress, and I'm like. You know, if she had been around in the 70s, she would have been a phenomenal, like, Italian horror yeah. actress. Absolutely. Like, stuff like Syria. She's very deadpan. And she's got, you may find her attractive, you may not find her attractive, but she's got a very <laughs> distinctive look. Like, <laughs> That's the thing. You will never forget this woman's face, like never. Like I'll never forget that part where she's in that car and she's wearing and she's wearing that trench coat and she, or whatever, and she has that choker on and she has this pale skin and she's wearing this dark, dark lipstick and she has dark hair. I th- I think she's hideous personally, but no, I mean she's obviously you know I mean she's beautiful, she's a beautiful woman, but she's like her character and her and just the you know the way she portrays herself is she's hideous to me like you know what I mean? and, and I don't know that might be something there too though you know that I mean this the whole um I don't know this the way that she it's memorable you will never forget her face you will never forget her voice you know it's just like 